Welcome back to Clone Dance Party, everybody. It's Season 3, Episode 8, Ruthless in Purpose and Insidious in Method. In this episode, Sarah picks the wronger of two evils. Helena likes the baby ox. Allison did not kiss back. Really? Cosima came back for all the right reasons. The Rachel is back. Crystal is not nearly as dumb as she looks. And Rudy just really needs to keep his hands off other people's cats. I'm Liz. I'm Janice. I'm Lynette. I'm Katrin. And I'm Nuke Jess. Hello! Hello! Hello. We're so glad that after the miscommunication of last week, Nettie, you could join us. Oh, the miscommunication was all my fault, but thank you, Katrin, for letting me uh, join you. I am happy to. And Katrin, welcome back. Thank you. It has been such a long time. Yeah, I've missed you so. All right, so what did everybody think of this episode? Well, um, I just, I picked episode eight in the hope that like episode eight of seasons one and two, there would be good caffeine stuff. And there was. So that made me very happy. I felt very justified in picking this episode. It was a good episode for you to pick. And we had a new one-off clone that's hopefully yes. not a one-off. God. I, want I don't believe be in one-off clones. <laughs> Sorry. I want yeah. Crystal to be around all the time, and I would yeah. also like Tony to come back. Cause yes. I would him. like Tony to come back, and I would like Tony and Crystal to fight over Felix until Crystal realizes about Felix's truth voice. <laughs> you. Um, but, yeah, Janice, what were your thoughts? Um, I was... I liked most of the episode. I didn't like the end. Just, just because it was just, I just thought it was so sad that they were outsmarted. Yeah. They really did pick the wrong horse to back in this race. Yeah. I mean, I, and I was just so happy last week, you know, with, or was it two, two episodes ago where Scott and his, you know, um, showing, showing Rachel the book and then saying, we'll play this, this, fantasy game and you know and I was like oh yeah great go Scott and then you know he's he's outsmarted and and terrorized and I just I just felt bad about that yeah I was not um I was really not happy about that I was very terrified for the cat (laughs) um me too and I was just so ticked off that someone that there was someone who would tell Rudy about yeah about this whole thing I mean, I, I mean, story-wise, obviously, it's going to move forward, but it just, I just, just was so, so sad. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And let's talk about the uh, blonde elephant in the room, Crystal, who oh, yeah. is a perfect cinnamon roll and too good for this world. I need more of her in my life. I love her. She yeah. too. <laughs> she needs to be in the club. She's oh, fantastic. I just have like one beef and I can't get past it. Okay. If you've ever had a manicurist, manicure, you know your manicurist does not have her nails done and cannot keep a good manicure. No, she can't. <laughs> and 
And that was driving me crazy because number one, it is physically impossible because you're constantly using the solutions that will peel the nail polish off your fingers. Yes. And on top of that, like they use their fingernails almost as tools as they're doing your nails. So that was the one beef that I just couldn't get over in that scene. (laughs) But I love the character. I am so in love with her. And, um, for those of you who watch in real time and then watch back on like your DVRs or whatever, if you watch it on demand, there's a little thing called a closer look. Yeah. And it's towards the end. And so they talked about where Crystal came from this week. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they talked about uh, Pupuk and how Pupuk was a diva. The scorpion <laughs> was a diva and stole everybody's trailer and ate everybody's food. <laughs> um but this time they talked about Crystal, and the way Crystal came about was for episode one, they wanted uh, Scar to have, uh, they wanted the video of Scar and a clone. And so they were like, well, what kind of girl would he go after? So they so they literally went, hey, talk, come here, and put her in the smallest dress they could find that covered everything, put her in a blonde wig, made her up, and she was tottering around on these heels doing this voice to help get into character. And they were like, okay, we're bringing that back. <laughs> and so that's how we got Crystal was Tot just created her from a dress and a blonde wig. And so they were like, well, we need a, we need someone in, later on in the season. So we'll just keep her. So I I'm thought so that was, glad. I know. Me, me too. I was so happy to know she wasn't dead and she was so awesome. I totally thought yeah. that the girl from the video was dead. Like I was like, wait, how is she alive? I, up until this episode thought it was Beth in a wig trying to catch her casters. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, which makes me sad. But I still think Beth is out there in uh, in clone clone Nito, trying to like suss out casters and like she's gonna be the superhero at the end of it. Yes, she she is somewhere. I I believe or, that. Or she's in, she's in charge of Topside. <laughs> well, Beth is actually like supreme ruler of the universe. No, that's really what's going on. <laughs> I wonder if the reason for Beth exiting her life is because she discovered what Paul was. Yes, definitely. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and we we just rewatched uh, that episode with uh, my husband, and uh, when Paul gave his line, it was never Beth I loved. I know. He went, aw, and I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, Not appropriate. He goes, he goes, the bagel got some cream cheese. And I just looked at him. He's like, well, it's low fat, but. <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty good reaction. And he was also really excited to see the grenade. Uh, but yeah, so Crystal is wonderful. And Crystal is currently in a medical induced coma with bandages on her head. Yeah, are they going to take her eye? No. I hope not. They said prosthetic. Yeah, well, they did. Prosthetic is for Rachel. Rachel's getting yeah, the prosthetic. Yeah, Rachel's getting the prosthetic. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they're going to take her eye because if they could take her eye and put it in Rachel, they would have done that. But I think they're just going to leave it as is. And, and just keep it covered up. Oh. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to take it for Rachel. I just thought maybe if they wanted her to look, you know, is someone going to come in and, 
is Delphine ever going to come in and take the bandage off, that kind of thing. I mean, that's probably how she's going to figure out about the swap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Check off okay. by. And so, and then Crystal will be saved. And I hope. everything will be good. So, and Delphine really needs to put some curl back in her hair. Because mm. while she is stunning with the straight hair, she is really stepping into the cold bitch digest. I'm telling Rachel, oh, you're improving. That sucks. Like, damn, Delphine. I mean, was she wrong? I mean, no. <laughs> but, like, that was just super cold. And I... I wanted... Okay, here's why I'm so upset with Rachel. Because I was on her side. Because I was like, yes, she's gonna work with her sisters, and then the clones are gonna unite, and then they're gonna be stronger because it's gonna be all of them, and it's gonna be glorious, and there's gonna be Rachel, and there's gonna be Crystal, and Beth is gonna come back. Everything is gonna be great. But you're assuming that she knew ahead of time what was happening. This is my argument. Rachel. I don't think Rachel knew... What doctor, what's his name, Neelan? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, yes. the doctor guy. Yeah, I don't think she knew what the plan was until it happened. No, I, I absolutely believe she did. She faked her seizure. I, I don't, I don't believe when she's, it. When she's in the um, elevator going up to surgery, quote unquote, mm-hmm. she looks him straight in the eye. Yeah. She acknowledges that they did a good job. Oh, I think, I think after the fact, everything is there. Um, I also wonder if maybe she was playing both sides, trying to see, well, I'll help whoever wins. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to vilify Rachel just yet. I am. I think Rachel's (laughs) trying to make the best for herself. And I think that she's just, you know, I I don't think that she was, oh yeah, let's, cause the plan doesn't make sense. Why get her snuck out of the lab? Why get her to, transcode the the code and give numbers i mean they act like they got nothing but they got a code from her um why do all of that if it was just part of a plan she would have stalled longer she wouldn't have given them any information so i really feel like rachel is a pawn in this and yes she's still evil and she's still on the cover of cold bitch digest and she's still very selfish and self-serving i just don't think that she's like this criminal mastermind i think that she's a pawn I don't think the whole I think I don't think the whole thing was her idea, but she knew about it. Yeah, I think she was aware of it. I don't. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think you're you're a, a clone club of one on this one. <laughs> I. That's okay. Yeah, that's good because we have to be different, right? <laughs> I am. I'm totally. I knew I was going to be the lone voice here, but I I'm totally yeah. of the mind. That if Rachel knew, which is a strong, strong possibility, that she was just trying to decide, "Mm, I'll play whatever side I can. And that if she was full on in on this, she wouldn't have given them as much information as she did. But she gave them, while she did give them some information, she didn't give them any information that makes sense to them. It's not like she was like, here's how to start mapping the genome. It was, here's a nursery rhyme. And another synthetic sequence that you people can't access. Hmm. So she, while she did give them an Is that what the code is? Is that what the numbers are? Is that a synthetic sequence? I, or does it, is it something else? 
it looks like uh what's her name sequence casino sequence oh okay because i was thinking that the way that duncan thinks i was thinking that is a clue to the next piece of the puzzle i mean like maybe it was a location that could be as well but again it's still encoded so even though rachel translated it from symbols and squares around letters in Dr. Moreau, it's still another puzzle that they have to figure out. So I don't really think she gave them much information at all. I think she gave them fancy words, but not anything necessarily important. Wow. I, I still think it's she decoded, and so she did help. I mean, it's not completely a useless effort. Well, no, but if it was completely a useless effort, then they would have figured out the plan like much quicker yeah but she could have just made up stuff although who's to say she didn't make up stuff hmm yeah interesting nope rachel's just a horrible horrible person and i'm very mad at her because she needed to be a group she needed to be in with our girls she needed to be in the see club. i was never I was never there. Like, last time I was on here, I was, you were all feeling bad for Rachel. I was just kind of like, no. So, I was just kind of waiting for this. I, I, yeah. I do not have any desire to have Rachel in Clone Club. I just want her to be a really powerful, awesome villain. And I also want people to start listening to Delphine. But. Whatever. Well, Delphine is the next big topic. I mean, that was a good transition there, but... Yes. But Delphine, like... Okay. I'm not saying that the clones shouldn't have gone to Delphine, and that when it comes to Delphine or Rachel, Delphine is probably the better option, but I understand their fear. When she... She was a part of this plan, and she knew this plan was going on, and she let, like... Her and Neelan, and maybe Rachel, but maybe just her and Neelan, went through with this plan to fuck with our girls because they didn't trust her. Like, it was full Which of they... petty, it was full of petty vengeance and bullshit. She should have just come straight up and said, here's what I know, here's how we're working on it, you were being secretive little kids, which we're gonna move past now because what's important is this. And she didn't. Right, but she's not the only one who should be doing that. Like, I, she, everything she has ever done, everything ever, has been in the interest of protecting Kasima and her sisters. Everything. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, hold on, let me finish. Okay. She has been trying to help them. She's been playing both sides for topside. She stopped Rachel from basically taking them out. Like, And they still chose to trust the person who was going to take them out over the person who stopped her. Like, Delph People would not take her seriously if she just said things because people have this determination to not trust Delphine, which is ridiculous, She's one of the only people working in their interest. And I'm just very adamant that Delphine needs to be listened to. 
I think that Delphine is a powerful ally and they really need to use her as an ally. I understand the emotional distrust of her because, mm-hmm. yes, she's been there trying to save Cosima's life, but she's also demonstrated countless times about how she's gone against Cosima's wishes. And that's my yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's, that's my bit. That's why they can't trust her. And my belief is, you know, uh, I know a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't Sarah talk some sense into Cosima? I think Sarah is basically, that's your ex, that's your decision. I would never have you tell me how to in- interact with Vic. So I'm not going to tell you how to interact with Delphine. Yeah. And I, I think that that's it- a level of respect that Sarah has for Cosima. Whether it's grounded in logic, it is not. I still think Delphine is the better choice, but I understand the emotional uh, thoughts of betrayal. Yeah, I understand. That's, that's my point, is that she constantly took away Cosima's agency to make her own decisions. Yeah. And while, yeah, but- while, yeah, while Cosima's decisions could have led to her death or worsening illness or whatever, it was decisions that Cosima needed to make with her sisters, not decisions that Cosima needed to make for her and her sisters. They needed to make those decisions together. And Cosima never gave, sorry, Delphine never gave Cosima the chance to make those decisions. It was, you didn't make this decision in the way I want you to make it, so I'm going to make it for you instead of having a discourse with you and your sisters to make things work. I'm going to go behind your back, I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to take the agency away from you when it comes to your health and your body. I am going to decide what happens to your body. I, I also took away, she took away the, the, Cosima's uh, agency in the relationship. She's the one who made the, the, um, unilateral decision to break up with her. Yeah. Like, she took away. So, I mean, that's a, just another, another thing that Cosima has done, which leads to why you wouldn't trust her. That's, I understand their, I understand why they don't want to trust Delphine. I just, I, I don't know, looking at, I understand that she's done shitty things that have taken away the decisions Kasima absolutely had the right to make. I just, looking at everything she's done and how motivated she is to help these people, I feel like they are not understanding and realizing how important and how helpful she could and would be if they would let her. I agree. I, I, I definitely yeah. agree that she's the better choice and she is the logical choice. But they're not thinking with logic right now. They're thinking with emotion. And it's it's interesting that you can watch characters that you love make the wrong choice but understand their emotions. Like, I understand emotionally why you did that, but you did make the wrong choice. Yeah, no, definitely. And I also understand they're wanting to be able to trust Rachel because she is one of them. The all of this benefits Rachel too. And so I understand them wanting to be able to trust their sister when it comes to them and their science. Like I totally understand why they wanted to be able to go with Rachel over Delphine. But I also totally understand why it was the wrong fucking choice and Delphine was the correct fucking choice. <laughs> but yeah, it just um 
um, when someone takes away your agency like that, it can be really hard to trust them again for any reason. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think that Delphine should be surprised. That's what, what, what got me is, <laughs> is why is she surprised that Cosima doesn't trust her? Because it's very obvious why she doesn't trust her. Yes, she made the wrong decision. Yes, they should trust Delphine. But from past history, Delphine has hurt Cosima pretty badly by, uh, you know, taking away her ability to consent to her own care and or or making a decision. So it's I think it's a very normal response not to want to trust her. So I don't know why Delphine was surprised. <laughs> because Delphine feels in her heart that she's done everything for the girls. Like it's it's emotions. It's it's they're not looking at it from the outside like we are. I mean Delphine is like, I've done nothing but help these women. I, I've sacrificed my job. I've sacrificed my livelihood. And they don't see this. And it's like, no, they see that you took away Kasima's agency. They see the one time that you, that, that it seems like you did not go running to Dyad and were go, going against what Dyad wanted. You were being a pawn of Dyad. And that's when right. they, yeah. they took Kira. I mean, this is also the, the same person that was trying to help them with all of her heart and doing everything right. But, got Kira taken away from them. And so it's, it's, there's so many emotions going on here. I, I think it's understandable everybody's reactions. Um, but I still think that Delphine is the logical choice. And I think that the fact that Rachel looks just like them is a big problem. And I've spoken about this before. It's like when, when Felix meets the different sisters, he has this instant emotional connection because they look like his sister. Right. And that's hard to shake. I totally agree with that. And that goes back to Rachel is one of them. They want to be able to trust their own. And I totally understand that. I would want to be able to trust my clone over my snooty French ex. Mm -hmm. All right. Delphine's not snooty. I'm sorry. I do, I do, I do love Delphine, and I want Delphine to be back in club club, and I want yeah. everybody to sit down and talk about this shit and get the hell over it. But I also understand why it hasn't been gotten over yet. Yeah. So do we yeah. want to talk about the heartbreak of Delphine and Cosima and the kiss and Aww. the fact that they're both playing each other in such an emotional way? Patron, um, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know if I can actually speak, like, intelligently about this, but um, I really enjoyed everything with them in this episode, um, except for some of the really painfully bad lines, but I'm yeah, sorry. Had, I'm French. Some... We enjoy lovers. Like, yeah. who wrote that? Who yeah. freaking wrote that? I actually really um, liked that one. <laughs> I, I, oh, didn't, I, nah, I didn't like that. <laughs> I, I cringed. Was out I cringed of a, so hard. I'm just like, it was oh like God. out of a, like out of a bad '50s movie or something. Well, I felt that, like I was and being that's why really I liked it so much. Was Delphine's trying to be all cool and nonchalant, and it comes out awkward and creepy. <laughs> also, the let's put our minds together like we used to and leave the crazy science out of it. Like, I get what they're trying to do by constantly mentioning crazy science, but, like, that was awkward as hell. But, like, 
I really liked them talking about the Polish clone who died, and I really liked the, their, like, hand touch, and then Kasima's like, awkward little dance after the hand touch, and then they were playing each other, but Kasima's emotion when she's talking about her near-death experience, first with Shay and then with Delphine, was amazingly wonderful. No, and it, was, it was beautiful. And, yeah. Um, it was really, it was, it made me really happy. And I just, I feel like a lot, um, in a lot of the show, we've seen a lot of proof that Delphine really cares about Cosima, and we see less that um, Cosima cares as much about Delphine. And I think that that, um, that whole thing was very helpful in that. Um I also, I, I also disagree I, that Cosima doesn't care as much about Delphine. Oh, oh I, I don't know. That's not yeah, what, what I'm she's meant. saying. Is it this scene shows us how much she cares that okay. because so, Cosima is so logical and and or seemingly logical. She's so emotional, but she's seemingly logical. It's she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve, and she doesn't have these sad puppy eyes like Delphine does every time she looks at her. Um, but to, to, for her to be obsessing over this dream or near death experience is showing how much she actually cares for Delphine. Yeah, I think, and gotten, we needed that. We've gotten less like direct, just showing how much Cosima cares than we've gotten showing how much Delphine cares. I feel like this kind of showed that Delphine means just as much to Cosima as Cosima does to Delphine. Um, well, so that also, for me has been Delphine has had more to make up for than Cosima has. So we've seen Delphine trying to make up for stuff. Maybe, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think a lot of it has to do with like we see Delphine, her heart breaking. You know, uh, Cosima doesn't see this, but you know when she breaks up with Cosima and she's in the hallway and she's just dying because of oh, what she did. God. We see that, whereas, you know, yeah, we see Cosima upset, but it's not so, it's not so Visceral. raw. And she, she quickly goes on to like a Tinder type site and, and finds somebody else and is instantly falling into a cliche and, you know, spending all of her time with this person. And it seems like she's moving on when I have liked to believe that it is just her rebounding and craving the touch of another human being that oh, she needs that yeah. because of oh, her heartbreak. Absolutely. But it can Which, be seen as her just moving on, whereas this whole thing is, no, no, no. She is still connected to Delphine, yeah. and she still loves her, and she's using her anger to to keep Delphine away and to keep her from herself from falling apart. I also, I just, I really loved, um, I loved the kiss. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> I just, I love that they're both kind of trying, like, neither of them is being totally genuine in that scene. They're both kind of stalling and trying to play the other. But in that kiss and in that emotion there, they're both being 100% real. And it's just, it's what they both need, it's what they both want, and it's what they, it's what Delphine has been not allowing herself to have, and it's what Cosima's been wondering why Delphine took away, and it's it was very 
It was very wonderful, and I've watched it more times than is probably healthy. So. <laughs> yeah, that was that was raw emotion right there. Like they definitely they were both in on it, and Delphine ends. I I I am a bit upset at Delphine because I do not agree with her reasons for being apart from Kasima. Um, I don't think that it's helped her at all. No, I, think I can it's understand. Yeah, I can understand, like, maybe when she was at Topside, she kind of got a lecture for falling in love with the science. But at the same time, uh, being the ex-girlfriend of the science isn't helping her authority at all. And it's actually undermining her authority. That if she really wanted to be seen as in charge, she should, and, and this is totally cold, but she should have stayed with Cosima, and then Cosima would do what she wanted. And, yeah. and she's not helping her position. She's not helping topside. She's not helping the girls. And I feel like, I feel like she, she feels she needs to do this in order to help them. But like other times that she's felt she needed to do things, she's wrong. I think I'm, that, uh, her being apart from Kasima is just not helpful. I no, agree, it's not but I think that that they mostly did that because Evelyn Roche was on another show. So, oh, think, is that the case? Yeah, that's why well, she was gone for so much of the season. She, well, she was filming another show. They could have been together but apart. Like we're still very much together and in love, but I'm helping from topside. Like there could have been emails or texts or whatever. Like, yeah, I guess. Why I just, do that when you can have drama? I yeah. yeah. And they can write in a pointless love triangle. Yes. Because that's oh, what all pointless women... It's kind of pointless. No, 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 because she's totally a monitor or a spy or she's something. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Shay is not oh, just a girl. Absolutely. No, she not. told Rudy about that goddamn book. Um, yeah, she had to have, but... Um, and I, that kind of bugs me, too, though. Like, it's so predictable. Like, the timing just seems so quick, too. Yeah. Well, it is Orphan Black. Everything happens in 10 seasons. Well, maybe mm. it isn't her, though. Maybe that was just for us to make us think that. You know, maybe she is. Maybe she is on the, the clone sides, and we, we'll find out. Maybe. Yeah. Was anyone half-tricked that it was Scott? Oh, oh no. Do you yeah. think? I don't think so. No, 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 no. When, when, when Scott comes home and finds Rudy holding Denise, for a split second, I'm like, oh, yeah, don't you too. dare make Scott the turncoat. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. He's he's just being pressured. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, if he had said, hey, can I get you a beer or something? I would have just went and yeah, been very unhappy. Yeah. So I was the only one who had a half second. <laughs> I did. No, I did. I did with you. I, I know what you mean. I thought, oh, oh, God, Scott, please don't know him and be friends with him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My main concern was basically like, oh, God, don't kill the cat. Like. I don't know. I probably had Rudy like killed the cat and then Scott, I would probably be more upset about the cat. I just cats, man. And I love Scott. And so. can I just say that Scott has the best pouty face? Aw. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. He's Scott's, so adorable. Scott's I'm in trouble face is just like <laughs> the cutest face ever. <laughs> I'm in trouble because he's great. I love Scott. I do too. Oh, Scooter. I know. That's in my notes. It's Scooter this and Scooter that. Um, okay. I love his cat. I definitely was scared for the cat. I think 
I think I would not be surprised, and I'm sure Katrin has already read them. I bet there's a million fix already about Denise. I love that she's got okay, asthma and he clear, cares I about her. I don't read fan fiction about cats, okay? <laughs> there are <laughs> no, limits. but it's Orphan Black. <laughs> <laughs> I read fan fiction about Cosima and Delphine, and then occasionally Beth and Allison. That's it. <laughs> That's a lie. I read other things, too. Yeah, but you read a you'll... lot of stuff. <laughs> you'll tell I... us when there's one about a cat, I'm sure. <laughs> I read almost exclusively Cosima Delphine, and then sometimes Delphine with literally anyone else because <laughs> it's fun <laughs> but i just i love his cat i love that his cat has asthma and that he takes care of this cat and it just i yeah. actually really love that the cat's name is denise and i think it's because the cat is his companion and i love how much his gaming group was involved in this <laughs> oh they were so oh yeah i uh, love that but at, at scott's house mm. um on the tv paused was portal 2 <laughs> and that's what portal 2 it's a video game that makes oh, okay. me really excited because my bathroom um is portal themed <laughs> i have i have an aperture science um shower curtain and the hooks are painted uh orange and blue and right. i have orange and blue towels hanging in there so i was really excited to see portal on scott's tv because <laughs> i'm a giant nerd <laughs> Um, but yeah, his gaming group, there's a, there's a split second where Rachel's making her escape and King Dork, the security guard, whose name I can't remember, (laughs) is talking about all the exciting shit he gets to do and how cool all this is and everything. And Rachel kind of side-eyes him and if you look at him, it's taught about to break character. Like... Rachel is trying really hard not to smile and laugh, uh-huh. which is not Rachel. So I'm fairly certain that that's taught, like, don't laugh at the nerd, don't laugh at the nerd, don't laugh at the nerd. And well, and and then when he, like, he uh, gets him on the elevator and he's at the door and he's, like, still there doing stuff, like, like thumbs up or whatever it was. But he's, like, acting like such a dork, even, you know, close the door. Yeah, <laughs> it was- and, the, and the side eye that Rachel gives him is just... If you watch it and, like, pay attention to Rachel's face, like, it's totally taught trying not to break character, which is hilarious because if that's the face they went with, like, that's right. the only time she didn't break character, I want to see her breaking character. <laughs> because she is laughing. Like, she is trying so hard not to laugh. And the fact that she ha- only has one eye is helpful. Because if she had both <laughs> eyes, like, I think it would have been more of a giveaway. <laughs> but, like, her shoulders come up and like her mouth does that like thing that it does when she's trying not to laugh. Uh-huh. Like when Sarah's trying not to laugh, it like made that face. And then it's just like Rachel's side eye and she's just like, no, don't laugh. It's just it's so great. There needs to be outtake. There need to be outtakes from this. I need so many outtakes from this episode. I need outtakes of Delphine Crystal. and Crystal <laughs> and Felix and Crystal and mm-hmm. Crystal there's just, I just, I want to see that. Okay, and, and back to the Crystal and Felix. Yeah. Um, Lynette and I had a very long conversation about this earlier today. I have uncomfortable, weird feelings now for Jordan Kavaris. 
slash Felix. Uh, I've heard his speaking <laughs> voice before, and um, it did funny things to me and made me confused. And then just having Felix essentially be Jordan for a little while and flirting with Crystal, I am now very confused as to how I feel about him. And, like, I was feeling so awkward. I was like, Lynette, I don't know how to feel. She's like, I don't either. <laughs> Yay, I'm not the only one who's having weird Jordan crush now. I feel bad for Felix for having to flirt with his sister. At least this time it wasn't real, like, totally awkward for him because there wasn't muddy feelings like there was with Tony, but I... Yeah. It's got to be weird. I was really impressed by just how straight he seemed. Like, he just turned off gay. Yeah, he really did. He did. That tool line, I'm really good with my tools (laughs) when. Yeah. And honestly, that's the line that did it for me. I was like, oh, that's a weird feeling that I'm having right now, Felix. I don't know how to deal with this. Really? Yes. It's very uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to feel. And I've seen him in a few interviews, and I was thinking the same thing during the interview. Like, you seem completely different, and you hold yourself completely different, and your face even looks a little different. And I don't know how to feel. (laughs) Well, you know, before he was, like, brother, sister, gray, cute, fun guy. I love him. And then when he got all sexy and stuff, it was like, well, he was sexy before, but not for me. You know what I mean? Now it's like when he's, like, that was a different feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Or Jordan Gavaris, because that could have just been, you know, playing a character close to himself. But I was just like, this is really awkward Felix, and I don't know what to do with them. I think it just shows that uh, Felix is just as much of a con artist as Sarah is. Oh, absolutely. And I think it really shows for the people who just kind of casually watch the show and who maybe have never listened to interviews or watched interviews with Jordan don't know that that's how he really sounds. That was his actual voice. That was not acting. That yeah. is the way he sounds. I had to yeah. explain that to my sister because um, I watch it live and then my family watches it. Like They start it like half an hour in so they can fast forward to commercials. So I came upstairs having already finished it during while my sister was watching that scene she's like god this accent like this north american accent must be hard for him i'm like no honey that's how he really sounds he's faking it when he's being british yeah she's like what yeah like and then i it, yeah i i so and then he had he has that line he says this is how i really talk when he's talking he's, yeah he's accent. like this is my truth like, voice like that was precious well i remember um like way back when on the boards uh with Buffy, people thought that James Marster's real yeah. voice was the the voice that he uses, and they were totally weirded out. And a bunch of people thought that Tony Head's voice was faked, which yeah. is just crazy. But which the really funny hilarious. part oh, is when I worked on Buffy Between the Lines, which is an audio drama that you can find on podcasts, and it's out there forever, um, the actor we had playing Giles was an American putting on the Giles voice and the actor we had playing Spike was British and Nick Edwards voice is just perfect. It's more Spike than James Marsters. And we had a lot of complaints where people said, Oh my gosh, who did you get to do 
Spike, his accent is terrible. Like, I know James Marsters wasn't really a Brit, but that this guy, it's just, he's playing it up way too thick. This is so not right. You should have the, the, the actual Brit, the guy that's playing Giles, uh, you should have him voice coach him. Oh and we're gosh. like, no. <laughs> which, is, which is hilarious because uh, Tony, Tony Head's voice was actually modified. Like, yes, yeah. Tony Head is British. But, well, only, he's, only but he's not proper British. He is a yeah. lot more Cockney like Spike. And so actually, James Merster's based his, his voice his, off of him. Off, based his voice off Tony Head. Yeah, Tony Head helped him out a lot. If you look at the first episode that James is in, and it's really hard to listen to his English accent because it's really weird. And then, you know, he, he got a whole lot better. But that was after Tony, you know, coached him quite a bit, I guess. And after, and after they realized they were going to use him for more than one episode. And after, yeah. uh, if you watch episodes where uh, Giles and Spike are in the same episode, Giles starts getting a little more cockney. Yeah. Because <laughs> Tony Head has a hard time being all proper. While he's talking to James. But it's so funny because stuff like that happens all the time. Like, I know people constantly complained about um, uh, something Quinn, the guy that played Doyle and Angel. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, always complaining about his accent. That's actually sound when you're Irish. That is that's yeah. actually yeah. what Irish sounds like. Well, that, that's what his brand of Irish sounds like, and yeah. it was his actual accent. And 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 him being Mark on Roseanne, that was totally him faking, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's it's so funny how people react to accents, but... Um, well, that's just like... like uh, what's his name? Uh, Torchwood, uh, Torchwood guy. What's his name? I can't think. Captain Jack. Jack. Yeah, he oh. has, like, three different accents, you know, because I think he's Scottish. English, and he grew up in America, so he he has three different accents, and people don't know that. Well, um, what's her name? Um, Gina Scully, uh, uh, Gillian Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Has two accents because she grew up in England and then moved to the Midwest and had to, like, in high school, learn to adopt a Midwest accent so that she wouldn't be poked fun at. Yeah. So, like, when you see her in... Oh, what's that show she was on? X-Files? Uh, she's... X-Files? No, 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 the one she was on with oh. David Tennant. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh, uh, Broadchurch? Broadchurch, no, yeah. that's not yeah. her. Sorry, that's no. somebody yeah, else. No, that's, yeah, uh, no, the other one. Anyway, there's anyway. Some, some, I watched it around the same time as I watched Broadchurch. Uh, there's some, some TV show, it's on Netflix, she's amazing, and I'm like, I didn't know Jillian Anderson no, she's not actually. And then I look up a, a, an interview and I was like, oh, okay, so that's her real accent. And then I see another interview and I'm like, no, wait, that's her. Wait, so which is her real accent? Yeah. And then I, I saw one where she talks about how these are her two real accents. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she right. floats. She floats between them. Uh, um, speaking of Gillian Anderson, I had to go to a scholarship dinner for like my college. And there was, I was sitting with an English professor who we were talking about theater. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I went to college with uh, Gillian Anderson. She and I are actually pretty good friends. We hang out and see shows when she's in Chicago. And um, did you I did, actually. Okay, I, would, I just kind of stared for like a good 25 seconds and I'm just like, excuse me. <laughs> it was because I just exploded over here for you. Yeah. It was it was a fun time. She's awesome. Yep. So 
the way that all right, so the idea is they needed to get into Crystal's accounts so that they could get Crystal a passport. Yes. And we're supposed to assume all of this stuff happened offset. Um, here's the deal. A Canadian passport is not that easy to get. It's actually harder to get a Canadian passport than it is to get an American passport. So unless she was on the other side of the border, but he paid with Canadian cash, so I don't think she was, uh, that's another little tomato that just popped out to me and I was like uh because in Canada to get a passport you need to have a notarized letter I think by one person you might need two and it's somebody you know somebody not family um and has known you for three years or more so you have to have like witness statements to prove that you are actually who you say you are Whereas in the States, you need to have certain amounts of proof of ID to get your passport. And the passport process in the States, I found a lot easier than in Canada. Um, getting my husband's passport was a lot harder than me getting my passport. So that that was another one like, okay, it's nice you did this all off screen, but okay, getting into our accounts does not help at all. And that doesn't get you the answers that you need. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, and you can't get it in a day. In the States, you can. <laughs> in Canada, you just can't. You can in the States? Oh, yeah. The, there's um, certain passport agencies that you can go and you wait online and you get it done that day. Um, a lot of people sometimes, if they've applied for their passport and it didn't arrive in time, they have to go to that place. Um, I know my sister didn't have enough time to get a passport for my niece and she had to go to that place. And it was very difficult for her because they wouldn't believe that she didn't have a father. And my niece was under 18 and they were like, well, we just need something saying that she, her father allows her. And it's like, she doesn't have one. And I don't need to explain to you why she doesn't have one. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But they ended up, even with all that big hurdle, they were able to get her a passport in a day. You can't do that in Canada. Okay. The Canadian, while well, the U.S. passport has the chip already, I think the Canadian one might, might have it by now, but as of like a couple of years ago, it didn't. Um, it's much more difficult to get a Canadian passport. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why they didn't just go with a fake passport anyway, because Benjamin can do those things. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I did like how how he he got the security questions for her bank account, though. That was funny. Yeah, that was adorable. Mm -hmm. And this is why we don't do things like this on Facebook, people. Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? So he says, "Have you ever done the porn star? What's your porn star?" Oh yeah, theme? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. And good. it's it's the name of your pet and your mother's maiden name. Yeah. And then but, Sarah says, all right, now I need you to get what high school she went to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they didn't show him doing that, so I don't know if he did, but. Yeah. Um, I got to get a hearing aid. It's a blink and you'll miss it kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Because it's just part of the casual conversation. I, I heard him say that part about the mother's maiden name. I knew that was important. I didn't know why. Uh, but. I, did, I, I missed the part about the high school thing. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, she said it just really quickly. Now, if you can get her high school, 
blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mm. So, Helena and Gracie. Helena and Gracie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cried ugly tears. <laughs> because that scene was so sweet. Um, I, that's not what I expected from those two. And so, uh, it was really cute for Gracie and Helena to have a nice moment. And it was just so heartbreaking. Helena, I'm sorry I lost our baby. Our baby. Yeah. Our baby. Like, I just, oh, honey. And the little kiss. Yeah, that was really sweet. I just, oh. This played out exactly how I thought it would. Wow. And hoped it would. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was so lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved um, Allison just like, no, it's our turn. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was just, that was so beautiful because I kind of expected Allison to have more trouble, you know, adopting two strays like that because uh, that seems to be much more of um Mrs. S's deal than Allison's yeah. deal. Allison doesn't adopt the strays. But it was just so sweet for her to be like, no, Donnie, it's our turn. <laughs> and Donnie strong. Okay, so baby let's, let's, yeah, let's talk about the baby axe moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I God. love it. I loved Learning it. Helena was so precious. And her she laugh. Was. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love just it. love the 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 you know he he's expecting Helena to look down on him like everybody else does and she's like you're like storm baby ox the ox yes I like my sister has good taste you know and it's it's so great and he's like okay I'm gonna make a dad joke see if this works oh my gosh she's lost it <laughs> yeah she just fucking lost it and her laugh like I wonder if that hurts Tatiana because it is such a donkey bray oh it's great like oh my gosh and when Helena comes downstairs in Allison's clothes and with the makeup on oh yeah Allison you have beautiful clothes clothes. yeah just so I just wanted to hug her like oh come here you little I love you I love her telling um Gemma about the babies. Yeah. yeah. That was sweet. And it's nice to know where the babies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I was really worried about the babies when um, Donnie and uh, Jason had that fight. Me too. I, I thought Jason thought was going to find them, but maybe Donnie will find them when he wakes up. Donnie. Well, that whole fight thing, I kept half expecting Helena to jump in and kill him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so scared for Jason the entire time. Yeah, I, I don't think that we're too far behind that scenario. Yeah, yeah. somebody's going to do him in. That's coming, I think. Yeah. Because um, you don't hurt Helena's family. Yeah, and she's definitely included Donnie into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it was kind of, didn't you think it was weird that, okay, so here's Helena earlier in the episode t- telling Donnie he's a baby ox, and then mm-hmm. he's the one who loses that battle? Yeah. Well, Donnie's not that actually was a... a baby ox. That's the thing, <laughs> is Donnie is not muscly. He's kind of flabby. 
And so Helena just sees big and thinks strong. So to see Donnie, she would see big, strong man because he is large and all large men are strong. I'm not sure she's speaking specifically about physical strength either. Like she's looking at him and going, he'll make good babies. He's strong like ox, you know, he's, he's strong in character. He's, you know, whatever it is, you know, she doesn't see Donnie the way that we do. She sees this big chubby guy and yeah, it's, it's awesome. (laughs) And and there's something to be said for that. I was pointing that out, but I really, I mean, I, that I, and I see your point. I was just using that as an example. I mean, Donnie's still bigger. You're right. He's not, he's not, um, he's not, um, he's not trained as a fighter. He's not, you know, terribly, um, coordinated, but okay. But it, it, Jason is, I mean, Jason doesn't seem like he, you know, is fighting. He's working out at the gym either. He probably knows how to fight a little bit better than Donnie Hendricks, who's probably never really gotten in a fist fight. Jason peddles drugs. He's probably had to avoid knives. Like, Jason was a dirtbag in high school. Like, we saw his picture. He was obviously the guy getting into fights. And when you've never actually gotten into a fight, like, I see this happen a lot of the time when uh, people come to the dojo, and we're training, and I'm like, all right, you need to come in and hit me. This is how the technique works. And people can't do it because they've never done it. And there is a bit of a fear of making that physical contact. Um, anytime... Donnie has done anything. He used a gun. He didn't use his fists. So there is that little hurdle to get over for him. But there is something so telling in that scene that I think Donnie wins supremely because Jason is trying to belittle his manhood. And he's talking about how he changed his name and all the other stuff. And he's like, yeah, but I got the ring and I got Allison. And it doesn't (laughs) matter what you say. Allison chose me and she continues to choose me. And that to me is the strongest part of Donnie. Yeah. So I changed my name. What of it? Yeah. I'm with the woman I love. I may be that a bitch, so but cool. I'm Allison's bitch. Yes. <laughs> that was so great. And that's the thing. Like that to me is, is a sign of strength. And, and it's something that is needed in today's society when, equating a man to a woman is the biggest insult you can give them because of course yeah. anything feminine is horrible whereas donnie's like no that i got her she's awesome yeah yeah and that's that those little surprises that i love about donnie like the, the for how long did we think that he was this creepy guy and there was something wrong with him and then we find out that he didn't know what he was doing and he finds out that his wife has been having medical tests done on her and that she's part of this big experiment and he loses it. And I love that this jealousy between Donnie and Jason did not go down like the standard trope of macho uh, peacocking where the woman is no longer important in the, in the argument. Allison remained central to the argument, which I love. So that's my thing. Sorry. Yeah, I went no, a little I ranty. Was, I, I, no, no. <laughs> Rants are good. Um, I really, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. Cause Donnie, why did you punch the guy who's obviously going to be able to kick your ass? Uh, but at the same time, and like, um, 
And there's that whole, like, trust thing, and I don't know. Well, he did it because it's his wife, and he's protecting her in his relationship, no matter what the consequences. But can I just point out, Donnie did stupid again. With He's sitting there bagging drugs with the kids in the house. It, <laughs> hello? Yeah. Not yep. good. Donnie is quite stupid. <laughs> yeah. So he still gets the idiot award this time. Donnie always gets the idiot award. Yes, he does. <laughs> I love how Helena snipped all of Allison's clothes. Oh, she did, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. And she was wearing Donnie's robe. This is so soft. Who made this? <laughs> <laughs> that was Donnie's robe? I yeah. thought that was Al. Oh, that's no, even Donnie's. funnier. Yeah. <laughs> that's why she likes him already. She's got his scent. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that Donnie didn't bring up the conversation he had with Helena. Like, I kept waiting for him to say, by the way, Helena, I'm not sure what to make of her. I think she might be into me, but she didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, this is just a really small thing. I really liked uh, Kasima and... Sarah's little sister chat at the beginning. Like, I just thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. It was a great no judgment. It's like, oh, where are you? A friend. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Do I have to explain myself to you? Nope. Is it good? It's good. All right. Moving on. Okay. And the poem. So, in London town, we all fell down and cast our rose from, from slumber Find the first, the beast, the cursed, the original has a number. H46239. I only had to stop it once to get all that down. Uh-huh. Um, I did look that poem up. That is of course that you did. Uh, do you want to know I'm about that? I'm surprised you didn't know it. <laughs> well, it's because it doesn't exist, Janice. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, it, it's, it's not just, science. <laughs> yeah, but I actually been waiting for you to ask about Madcap because I have that at the ready. Um, which is something important we need to discuss as well. But uh, the poem was written for Orphan Black. I went through like three pages of Google Notes and searches and it's all about Orphan Black. It's not like here's the poem that Orphan Black borrowed from. It's all just in this week's episode of Orphan Black. So it is not um, as far as I could find an actual, in our life story. It, it seems to be only for the show. What were those numbers at the end of it? H46239. Could that be a tag number? A tag number four. Well, like, Cosima's tag number. That's three, what two, I was thinking. That's, that's I, the... I think that that's the original caster number. Oh, I just thought of that. Wait, why would um, Why would an original have a number? Categorization. Okay, but I thought that the numbers were like part of the patent and that the number was in their genetic code. Um, it is in their genetic code. I'm not saying that this is in his genetic code, but it could be okay. his, his reference number, his file number. Okay. Um, so my thoughts here are basically that the fire happened with Lita and with the Lita program, and um, basically they stopped making more Litas, and that's when they revived the Castor Project, 
that was likely um, canceled because it wasn't as viable as the Lita program and that they started moving on with Caster because uh, they saw Lita was a failure. That's my thought. That at some point Caster was canceled and then it was revived when after the Lita fire. Okay, so you think that Caster and Lita originally came about at the same time and then Caster was scrapped but Lita was sent forward and then they found Lita to be a failure slash big fire burned down. Then they revived Caster. Something along those lines, okay. yeah. I could see that. I could totally see that being the case. Any other theories? Oh, who was the lady giving Rachel her prosthetic eye? I don't know. You mean know. the person who was in the room with her? Yeah, the woman. Wasn't that Cody? Was it? It didn't sound like uh, Cody. It was, it was a lot blonder than Cody. Yeah, the woman yeah was a lot blonder I don't than think it was Cody. I watched on a small screen, so I, I was just assuming. No, uh, it seemed like a completely different woman. Hmm. Um, and then, actually, can we pause real quick? These antibiotics are making me have to pee. I'll be right back. Go, run. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up in the cast see if there's anybody extra. Let's see, German doctor. Uh oh oh oh. Did we have somebody a Zoe Z O I E? Mm, I don't think so. That's really weird. The okay, so there was somebody credited as a Zoe. Um. She's very young looking. Uh, let's see. Hell Wizard, Pain Maker, Gemma, Luck, Hema. Oh, that's the cantina owner. Gray haired woman. She Is was blonde, not shade? gray. Well, it could have been gray, but it was definitely not Cody's hair. Yeah. Um, Zoe is not, oh, uh, Zoe is not Shay. Um, because that's Kisseni. Kisseni Solo. I can never say her name, but she's awesome. I couldn't say her name, and then I started listening to a Lost Girl podcast where they said her name all the time, so that helped. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was horrible because we were interviewing Anna Silk, and I was like, "How do I say it? How do I say it?" And I still screwed <laughs> up. I was like, "Oh, I'm terrible," and she's like, "That's okay." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, whatever." What did you mispronounce? Uh, Kiseni Solo. Uh, did I say it right? Kiseni. I have no idea. Ksenia Solo. Dang it. Yeah, I have no idea. All right. So yeah, basically, I go ahead. I wouldn't know how to say that if it weren't for drinks at the doll. So. <laughs> uh, so basically, in the credited list, we've got uh, outsider normal people and who it could possibly be. Is there somebody credited as gray-haired woman? Okay. Uh, and there's somebody credited as Zoe. Um and then let me see. Well, Zoe German is Gracie's doc- real name. No, no, no. That's the act, the character's name. Okay. Uh, the person playing Zoe is Lucy Guest. Um, that could be the person that Felix runs into when he's stealing, what's her name stuff, when he's stealing Crystal oh, stuff. Oh, that's true. That Yeah, that's actually probably who that is. So it's either gray-haired woman or German doctor, but I can't tell if the person credited for German doctor is um, male or female because it's got a, a genderless name, uh, uh, Taylor Price. And no picture. 
Oh wait, but she the, the Taylor Price has played other male characters, so I'm guessing it's gray haired woman, which is Rosemary Dunsmore. If it's okay. not somebody we already know. Okay. Oh, that's so confusing. <laughs> All right, and so mad cow disease. Mm. Um, as Kasima said, and Kasima explained it like as simply as you can, which is it's uh, a prion disease, which is a protein. It screws with the proteins. So the way mad cow works is in cows, in their brainstem, it takes the protein that's supposed to replicate and turn into new healthy cells and fucks them up. It folds them wrong and turns them into mad cow, which is essentially what it's doing to Castor. How that translates to the way it works with Lita is very difficult because if uh, a human being were to eat mad cow infested ground beef, they would have neurological symptoms, not epithelial symptoms. So this really goes into um, the science fiction-y part of things. Um, but yeah, mad cow just takes proteins and screws them up. So that protein is looking more and more like it's the key to the women's infertility and uh, autoimmune disorder because Sarah does not contain that protein which is why she was able to fight off uh, this this virus, which is what Mad Cow is. Um, because she doesn't, her body doesn't contain that protein to fold wrong. So in that sense, neither would Helena or probably Kira. Um, and so that's, that's why it works for Sarah. But that also means that Sarah is missing a basic protein that all people have because the caster clones have slept with non-clones and it's affected them. So Sarah is missing something very specific and very important compared to a non-cloned individual. And I think that's going to be where they find their seek, where they find their answers. Because Sarah isn't just different from the clones. She is different than the average woman on the street. So, has have the caster clones slept with any of the other clones? Uh, they tried to. They tried. Did they actually sleep with Crystal? I don't think they, they succeeded. Not? No, but okay. they but they did say that the protein in caster. I think they said it was the same protein that's in the Lita women. I think they alluded to that, but I don't think they were specific in saying that they have the same glitch. Well, uh, Cody said that for the men, it affects their brain. For the women, it's the same. It's the same problem, but for the men, it attacks their brain. For the women, it attacks their epithelial. Yeah. So I'm looking on uh, Wikipedia right now, mm -hmm. and that specific protein. They don't know what it does yet. They just have guesses right now. Um, for for what? For the PRP uh, protein. Okay. Um, so it's perfect for science fiction. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, if because I wanted to know if, if Sarah's missing this, what does that mean for her? And I can't. 
really find it, <laughs> except yeah. that it has they think it has something to do with, you know, it's 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 found in the nervous system and it's all about building synapses. So which makes sense that it affects the men mm-hmm. the way it does, but it doesn't make sense as to why it would affect the women the way it does. Yeah. So I don't actually know that it's the same problem. I think it's the theory that it's the same problem. I think it's Cody's theory that it's the same problem, but I don't know that it actually is because there is no reason that a prion disease would affect epithelial tissue. So presence in the pituitary has been shown to affect neuro, neuro, oh, geez, <laughs> neuro, neuro, and Sorry, I'm terrible with pronouncing things. Thank you. Function in amphibians, but little is known concerning mammalian pituitary PRP. So it does have something to do with the pituitary gland. So, you know, so that that, that may be affect, how it gets there. But that would affect hormone levels and not epithelial mm-hmm. tissue. No, but maybe the hormone levels have something to do with the epithelial. Oh, um, It's just my guess. Well, science fiction, maybe. Yeah. I mean, because there's there's so many things that hormones can affect. And especially, you know, when it comes to reproduction, it's, it's a broad leap to make, but it's one that they're making. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, until they explain it to me, it's starting to look more and more science fictiony, how the caster and Lita can have the same problem and have them be affected so differently. I agree. I agree. It does not make sense. But we'll just go with it. Frantic typing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so let's do let's do quotes first because I'm really excited to see where this goes. Uh, Ms. I I actually cannot believe this, but my quote is actually something that um, Shady Shay said. Um, I have a theory that before we leave this life, we see what we love. Like, pit of the soul can't live without it, love. And if it's strong enough, sometimes we find our way back. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Um, Nutty? Uh, Sestra Allison has good taste. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's very crappy in men. <laughs> what? Huh? You have meat on your bones. You are strong like baby ox. This I like. It's not usually this thick when Allie does it. So maybe we need two baby ox. (laughs) (laughs) That was, yes. Great. Um, Lynette? Lynette? Trying to get my phone unmuted, sorry. Okay, (laughs) I'm with me. Oh, no. I'm going to go with Helena, too. This is very soft. Who made this? <laughs> that was great. Um, Janet? Uh, this is Crystal. A man who cares for his extremities. That's hot. Um, I'm going to go with you boat shoe, boat shoe chino wearing bitch. Yeah, well, I'm a bitch. I may be a bitch, but I'm Allison's bitch, and you're just a stupid dropout. Um, do we have any backups for a favorite quote? Okay, so mine is, oh my god, can my stripper name be, like, anything I want, like, 
bitch mistress of Camelot. Um, because that was just fucking precious. And I feel like if I ever change my Twitter or my Tumblr, that that's what it's going to be. Because <laughs> that was just precious. And can Helena's laugh be a quote? Because I would love yeah. that to be a quote. Can you drop that in during the editing right here? <laughs> it's not usually this thick when Allie does it. So maybe we need two baby ox. That's why they man don't make him That's very kind of you. Okay. <laughs> why don't you try? Okay? Be very careful, it's hot. I'm gonna talk to my wife. Two babies. Casima Delphine kissing goodness shockingly yeah i i really thought you were gonna go with something else there yeah i know i'm sure that's a really surprising choice it's very surprising yeah i just don't know how to feel uh Nettie? um it's a tie we're, we're doing moment right yes yeah it's a tie between helena and donnie or helena and gracie one okay. was very funny and one was full of all the feels that i wanted and needed yes much agreements. Uh, Lynette? So I'm not going to take yours because that's one of my favorite scenes, but I know you want it. So um, I think I'm going to have to go with because because I'm really becoming quite endeared to Donnie. I'm going to go with Donnie and Jason. Okay. Uh, Janice? Uh, my favorite scene is Helena coming down the stairs and Allison's mismatched oh. clothes. Oh, yes. That was so good. Um, I I have to go with Helena and Gracie because that gave me the most emotions, and I actually had to pause it on both watches and just like sit there for a minute with the sweetness and just I really wanted to just fly into the screen and just snuggle them both. I really thought you were gonna say Fee and, and uh, Crystal. That was my backup. Oh. But the, right. the if it makes me ugly cry, I kind of have to go with it. Okay. <laughs> but yes, Felix being a straight guy flirt is, yeah, confusing, but I like it. Uh, favorite clone and non-clone, Katrin? Uh, favorite clone, gotta be Crystal. And favorite non-clone is a tie between Delphine and Denise the Cat. <laughs> Nutty. No, wait, what are we doing? You were doing favorite clone and favorite non-clone. Yes, and so now it's your turn. Um, so favorite clone, I can't help but pick Crystal. I mean, I have to. I truly believe that Crystal will be back, just like I believe Tony will be back. I do not believe there are one-off clones. Um, unless they are dead, dead, then they will be back. Um, and uh, favorite non-clone, oh, hmm, hmm, I don't know, Donnie. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Donnie. I'm going to give it yeah. to Donnie. All right. Um, For the I'm Allison's bitch quote. He gets it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lynette? I'm really conflicted, but yeah, I really have to go with Crystal because I just fell madly in love with her. Not usually my type, but there's something there that I really love. So, uh, And Helena, because I love Helena. <laughs> She's just adorable. And I'm going to tie up with Donnie and Fee. 
Very nice. Very nice. Janice? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sorry to not be original, but I have to go with Crystal and Felix. <laughs> Crystal. Yeah. I thought that was the, yeah, they were the best. All right. Uh, I have a tie for favorite clone between Helena and Crystal. And my favorite non-clone is also a tie between Gracie and Felix. Because those were just the two greatest scenes ever. Yeah. Um, Poor little Gracie. She's really upset about losing her, her, her guy, huh? She really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. But she and Helena are having a sleepover at Allison's house. I know. <laughs> is that the best or what? And Allison's never had house is, is like the deprogramming place for uh, cult kids. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Um, all right. So rating. Katrin? Well, I really liked it. It's probably my favorite of the season. So uh, nine and a half out of ten. Um, uh, baby oxes. Yay. Oh. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm going to give this 9.5 porn names out of 10. Okay. Uh, I really like the episode. I think, I think this pretty much hit on all points. There isn't a scene that I was felt dragged or could be skipped, so very, very high praise there. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Lynette? Yeah, all the marks I give it off is it made me really sad and upset for Crystal at the end and that they got fooled. So I'm going to give it a 9.75 rhinestone fingernails. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Janice? Um, I'm going, yeah, I guess I'll give it a 9 because because there, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I liked, but I agree with Lynette at the end. I just didn't like the ending, and and story wise, it's probably fine. It was just it just left me with a with a depressed feeling. Um, so nine out of ten close fights with your sestra niece, and um, yeah, that was cute, wasn't it? Lady, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Of the best manicures I've ever had. That was good too. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, no, she's really nice. She's she's totally compartmentalized, and really, it's like the best manicure I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Janice, do we have feedback? Oh, do we? Did I not email it to you? Let me check. I remember sending it to you. <laughs> and then we also have uh, Matt. Okay, Matt. here we go. Yep. Yes. All right. Uh, okay, this is from Harold. Another top-notch episode. I'm glad that we got to see Crystal again. Her scene with Felix was my favorite of the episode. It seems like every clone needs Felix, and we all know that he really wanted to reach over to give her a big to give her a hug, but Sarah wouldn't let him. We have barely gotten to know Crystal, and it is already time to break out the hashtag Save Crystal tweets. I demand her immediate liberation and induction into Clone Club. Who's the mole? I have to go with Dr. Nealon. I don't think that he would just hand Delphine the copy of the Island of Dr. Moreau book unless he already knows that his side has the original and the means to decipher it. Why do I have the feeling that when Rachel wakes up, she won't be completely satisfied with the results? 
Donnie, you aren't thinking. Why am I not surprised? What is the upside of confronting Jason that way? Best case scenario, Donnie escalates things and Jason either rats him out to the police or gets him in trouble with Poochie? Is it Poochie or Pouchy? Okay, Donnie. Donnie, if you are going to go after Jason, you have to do it so he doesn't see it coming, doesn't know who caused it, and doesn't have a way to retaliate. Or sick Helena on him. She won't appreciate someone trying to break up, break up her sestra's marriage. And Cosima, really, you are in total denial. Just because you can rationalize away that there will be ups and downs with your disease doesn't mean you don't take it seriously. I have enough on my hands with hashtag save crystal. You will have to do something to save yourself. Thank you, Harold. <laughs> Thank you, Harold. And then we have audio feedback from Matt. Lynette, will you be able to put that in? Yes, I had to get off mute again. Yes, I will be able to put that in. And okay. I loved Harold's feedback. That was great. Hello, clone dance partiers. It's Matt with some feedback. Really? Yes. It's been a while since I've sent feedback, but I, I fell behind in the podcast and in the show because the murkiness of the conspiracy and all the wheel spinning just uh, sapped my motivation to continue. But I powered through, and these last three episodes have been really, really strong. Last week's with Allison at the election event was hilarious, farcical, and just a return to form. Having gotten rid of all those caster boys and Dr. Cody and what's his name? Paul. Yeah, I can't even remember his name. That's how little I care about Paul. Um, Getting rid of all those little plots and just kind of being fun and silly. That was my favorite episode of the season, possibly of the series. It was just so good. But you may have guessed that because you guys know how much I love Allison and her mom is demented. Uh, It was just such a great episode. But enough about that episode. Let's talk about episode eight, Ruthless and Purpose and Insidious and Method. First of all, Crystal is a hoot. I thought it was really clever how they introduced her as a bimbo, a ditz. But then when Felix found her journal revealed hidden depths of intelligence and wiles that it's great. It's great when they can um, trick you like that, making you underestimate a character, especially a character of that kind of personality. You dismiss her as vapid, but then just boom, turns out she's really a smart cookie. So I liked Crystal. I'm very sad and scared for what's going to happen to her. What else? Oh, just that Helena Donnie scene was fantastic. Helena being at Allison's house, it makes a lot of sense. Good to see Allison being brought back into the uh, the lives of the other characters. So I'm not going to ramble on too much longer because I can't really pin down anything specific to say about this last one, except that I'm not happy about Rudy and Cody being back. You know, Paul had that grenade. If he had just held on to it, they would have been killed. So even in your final moments, Paul, you were a disappointment. I miss Cosima and Delphine. I don't like this new Delphine. She's too uh, she's too cold. She's too much of a cold fish. But overall, this episode had a lot of momentum. It had a lot of silliness. It was more straightforward than uh, the early episodes of the season. So 
I'm, I've been very happy in these last couple episodes. Really, really happy. So fingers crossed that the season will finish a lot stronger than it began. All right. Have a fantastic week. Bye. That was great. Except I totally disagree. It's not Neelan. It's Shay. It's totally Shay. Yeah. There is no other point for having Shay. Because they don't, they don't create characters without points. Now, I'm not saying Neelan is totally innocent. Like, he probably is with Caster. But he never saw the book. And I don't know that Rachel necessarily shared that with him until the end. Shay saw the book. I Shay really saw the book and saw Scott put it in his backpack and then right. really showed up at Scott's. Like, Yeah, I really yeah. think that uh, Shay is the mole here. Um, because, like, they don't put characters on the show that have no purpose. Well, plus, I mean, Delphine seemed to have, like, a file on Shay that contained relevant information, so I have to assume yeah. she, like, there's important stuff in there. Yeah, I really, I really think it's Shay. I have a, I that whole thing, it just feels weird to me. I, I definitely think that Shay is bad, and she's playing a part or whatever. But um, like, why didn't Delphine have this information on her sooner? Sooner, she knew who she was already. She had already met her. I feel like you know she's running Dyad. She'd have this information if it was possible to collect. A I mean, lot faster. I assume she she did have it, and she just wasn't sharing it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I also think that Cosimo was so stupid for bringing Shay to the lab. Like, seriously, who does that? Come on. No more, Cosimo. How did she even get a visitor's pass? Like, I don't yeah. care that she's your girlfriend. She's who you know she 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 did not pass a uh, security clearance i mean in order for scott and 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 delphine to get into places they had to sign confidentiality they had to uh sign non-disclosure stuff i mean when when delphine met rachel she had to sign a new confidentiality agreement right there on the spot i mean yeah. this is not something that you can just bring yeah. out also, Cosimo was, like, super hesitant to get, like, Scott involved in this last season. Like, she was being very, mm-hmm. like, she did not want him involved. And then she's just like, oh, hey, new girlfriend, come see my secret lab. Which yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's really weird. Cosimo is a little too trusting with her. You're right. And I'm now I'm thinking it maybe Cosimo already knew something. Like, you'd think Cosimo would learn that... <laughs> Oh, from last time her girlfriend turned out to be super shady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think I saw it on your Tumblr, Katrin, where it was like you can't spell, you can't, you can't say spell. shady without Shay. <laughs> oh, it's literally That's her freaking good. name, people. Mm-hmm. Also, since her last name is apparently Deadov, her name is actually Shay, last initial D. Like, come on, Shady. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> Did did you guys see that there's a comment in the Facebook group um, from 20 minutes ago? No. What is it? Uh, it's from somebody named Trav M- Mamone. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, by the way. I'm terrible with pronouncing names. Um, and Trav says, I love how Cosima and Delphine's relationship develops throughout Orphan Black. You never know what side Delphine's on. Does she have Cosima's best interests? Question mark. I think yes. she does, even when she fucks up. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we can all agree that Delphine is definitely trying for uh, Cosima's best interests. I yeah. think I was 
rewatching some old stuff earlier, and I just thought it was really interesting. Um, like even in season one, when Leaky is trying to get her to like manipulate Kasima and get the information, the things he says are very like, you know, Kasima's in danger. This is what you have to do to keep her safe. It's very different than the motivation techniques they use for all the other monitors. It's yeah, I don't know. Delphine keeping Kasima safe has been her priority since she showed up. And I think that that's an important thing about her character that people tend to forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're right there. I think, uh, Leaky definitely knew that he needed to cater to Delphine's nurturing side to get yes. that approach. You know, he had to, he had to use that approach because, um, he, you know, otherwise that that's what he needed to make it work. Uh, for Donnie, it was, oh, hey, you like, you know, social interactions and you're interested in this stuff. How would you like to be part of a long time study on social behavior? All you have to do is fill out some forms and send it to me and you get, you know, an extra paycheck. And, you know, for Donnie, that that worked. And then for what who they thought Paul was, it was. Well, we know you've done some dark stuff overseas and we can make that go away if you work for us. So like each monitor had, there's like a different approach. Right. Yeah. I still mm-hmm. want to know who Cosima's monitor was before. Yeah. 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 There have been, um, fanfics where it's like her father. Those her are God. painful. Oh. Those are painful and depressing. Hmm. Mm. I'm 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 hoping it's not her parents. I'm thinking she uh I don't know. I'm thinking I'm thinking most of the parents were not Jews. aware. And yeah, and most of the parents were people like Allison's mom coming in to actually try and conceive yeah. a child. Yeah. But that, that that does bring up the possibility that they mm-hmm. they gave Allison's mom an offer, we will do this for you for free if you monitor her for the rest of her life or whatever. Yeah. Like they did Donnie. Well, cause they've been, they've been monitored their whole lives. Right. So, I mean, when they were kids, like it would have to be adults who were close to them. Right. Or so, babysitters, teachers. Yeah. Babies like it's. Mm. Yeah. They could have had random monitors, not just one, just like people that would be, appropriate for their lives at the time. You know, we also yeah. learned that many of these monitors have, may have had uh, spans of two years because Crystal, all yeah. of her boyfriends, two years, almost to the well, day. Yeah, and it seems, like, it seems like as they become adults, it, mm-hmm. it is a love interest. Yeah. They plant somebody that they would be attracted to, not just a friend or whatever, or a classmate Which, or... Which I also find slightly confusing as why they then put Delphine as Kasima's monitor because Delphine did not know that she liked women when they put her as Kasima's monitor. That confuses well, me. Well, they didn't necessarily think that they might become lovers, so they might have just, the worst just freaks me out sometimes. But, you know, they, they would have thought maybe they would just got really close as work colleagues and friends. Gal pals. Yeah. Uh, I think I Leaky had this creepy fantasy going on in his head, and he was hoping that Delphine was going to bring Cosima in for, I don't know, because Delphine and Leaky were together 
when it's this started and that and there was like this whole like mentor idolatry thing going on so i really think that leaky knew exactly where that was going ahead but and i think he was hoping for more than what would ever be appropriate okay so here we're going to go with something that you know the born this way thing uh-huh. Licky maybe Licky may have knew she, she was by before she did, which is entirely possible because it happens a lot. You know, oh yeah, because, because of internal biphobia and things. So yeah, he may have caught onto that right away. No, I, you know? I guess I just I don't know how well he really knew her. Yeah, I don't think he knew Delphine that much. I think he thought of Delphine as like this gateway. Yeah. Yeah. No, Delphine I, was I totally think... an expendable gateway. Yeah. And and. He really was pushing her to build that relationship, and Delphine's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <laughs> and I just think he was very creepy in in everything. He yeah, was very was. creepy. Yeah, and he's going to be on. Going <gasps> to be what? Are what? you okay? Rachel was saved by an illusionist. What? Oh, oh, they're they're back then, aren't they? Because they're going to put the gray haired woman. Gonna be- yeah, no. They're going to put the eye in. They're going to put the, it, yeah, Leaky's no, eye in. God damn it. It's a, it's an illusionist. Woo. The, the prosthetic eye. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's a, it's an illusionist. And by the way, when I had that moment, you know, the moment where Helena's praying and she has like the one hand up and the one hand kind of lower. That's what it looked like just now. <laughs> I caught the way my hands were and I was like, this is, why am I striking a Helena pose for this moment? <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, so I think we've covered everything in extra. <laughs> Who is our Who's our guest next week, Lynette? Oh, oh. Is it Robin? I believe it's – no, wait, hold on. I am not even actually there. Hold on a minute. Okay. I have to get to the file because I forgot to look. All I know is Shane is the week after. Yeah, that's that's why I'm guessing it's Robin next week. <laughs> It's going to take a minute. I take a long time. Does Robin have two? Robin was already on. Oh, right. He was the first one this season. Yeah. I was thinking he was last season. Mm. Wait, who's left then? I'll probably cut that out because they'll have their feelings hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hold on. Anybody have a faster computer than me that can get to the file on the... Is it on Facebook? Yeah, it's in the Facebook group under the file. Let me get there. All right. Has Sandra been on this uh, yeah. season? Yeah. Okay. Yes. She was on the Beth episode with Catron. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Where I happen to know random knowledge that just really. Ashley. Ashley Cannon. Ashley. Oh, yay. Right. All right. Thank you. See, I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> me too. All right. <laughs> so next week, uh, season nine, the penultimate episode of the season. And. Ashley! Ashley, yay! What's the name of next episode? Why did you pass the hardship? Sorry, I can pick it up for you. Have any of you seen the sneak peek they released for next episode? No, I just saw that it was released. Yeah. I don't watch them. Okay, I won't say what happens in it, but there's a sneak peek involving Delphine, and I'm really excited about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like watch a, them. Insolve it, Phantom of Tomorrow. Ah, you got there before me. <laughs> okay, so I don't, next. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't watch the sneak peeks because then 
I don't want them affecting my theories. Yeah. And yeah. Um, especially when I'm going to be on an episode, I'm like, I can't watch that sneak peek. As soon as it comes yeah. up, I'm, I'm like scrambling to the computer. Stop, yeah, stop, stop, stop. I don't. I don't do that. Um. Oh, but Nutty, avoid my Tumblr because I've reblogged it several times. <laughs> That's okay. I, I I do have the ability to. I I have all my gifts turned off, okay. so I can see what something is and just scroll past it. <laughs> okay. Also, it's also tagged with the OB spoilers tag, yeah. so. Okay. But if I block that, that, then I can't go back and look. <laughs> I mean, you could go back and look at my blog, The Things Tagged Obi Spoilers. That's true. If you, if you care enough. That's true. All right, so next week is Season 3, Episode 9, Insolvent Phantom of Tomorrow, with the wonderful Ashley Cannon. So Yay, thank, you, thank you, thank uh, you, Kate and Nutty, for joining us today and talking about this Kofi-nerific episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see everybody next week. Nobody, I'm walking. It's my sandals. Okay. <laughs> I was like, somebody's going to be gnawing on popcorn. I'm chilling. All right. Um, I'm going to snort. Start. <coughs> I don't sneeze. You're going to snort? I'm going to snort. It's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to snort. Season. What we need to finish. Fuck. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that in. <laughs> <laughs>